Hello, this is Hear Her Sports, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Emery. Today's guest is superstar and world champion wrestler, Tamira Mensah-Stock. We spoke at the end of February, so before the pandemic and associated social distancing, shelter in place, and sports cancellations really began. Tamira was focused on making the Olympic team via the Olympic trials at the beginning of April. Those were postponed, as were, of course, the Olympics. Hearing Tamira talk really highlighted for me the difference of where we are now and where we were then. She fit me in by calling from a team nail salon appointment. As she said, she was go, 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 which is very evident in the conversation. It was a pleasure to edit this episode and get away for a bit from COVID-19. Tamira has probably the best description I've heard of what it's like to work with a coach. She also has some important stories about being proudly dominant on and off the mat. I found them particularly interesting because she's worked so hard to get to that point where she fully understands her abilities. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you are holding up as we continue Shelter in Place. Let's meet Tamira. Here today is current world champion wrestler Tamira Mensah-Stock, who is in the thick of things preparing to make the Olympic team. Just this past September, Tamira won her first world championship in spectacular fashion. This entire year, she's been on a roll, winning golds everywhere she goes, including at the Pan Am Games, Pan Am Championships, and the Golden Grand Prix Ivan Yarrigan and the Dan Koloff International Championship. She's currently ranked number one in the U.S. at 68 kilos, and to top that all off, at the end of the year, she won the United World Wrestling's Women's Wrestler of the Year, an honor that came with $30,000. Welcome, Tamira. Thank you for finding the time to be on the podcast. I know you are working hard, so I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm not working hard right now. I'm actually doing a spa day with the girls, but... Well, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm I'm doing great. Well, you're world champion. What happens between now and the Olympics? Oh, man, I just keep training, keep working hard. Like, only after the Olympics will I actually have time to, like, just sit back and relax. But, I mean, other than what I'm doing right now. But, right. <laughs> right. If anything, I'm just like, go, go, go. Like, you just had, like, two hard weeks of camp. And like, like, I'm just going to continue to prepare because just like last year for world championships, I had to stay focused and stay ready to go. And for the Olympics, it's even more important because it only comes once every four years. Right. And what's the qualifying road? You're not officially on the team yet. Is that correct? Yeah, that is right. So I'm not officially on the team. On April 4th and April 5th, that's when we're going to have our Olympic trials. So I wrestle April 5th because I won world championships. So I get to go all the way into the finals. With that, if I win in the finals, best two out of three, that's when I'll make the Olympic team. And I won't have to qualify the weight to wrestle in the Olympics because I had qualified it when I won world championships. Right, right. And that's a big deal because that didn't happen the last time. Exactly. It's a huge deal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's a huge deal. Four years ago, I won Olympic trials, and I was like, yay, so exciting. And I didn't compete in the Olympics. Right. It was heartbreaking. Right. I think people forget about that, that there is sort of these two steps to get to the Olympics. Yes, it really is. Uh, and I didn't even know about it. I was so confused. I'm like, what do you mean you have to qualify the weight? The weight qualifies? Like, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, yeah, like, not just anybody can go to the Olympics. You have to qualify it. Like, only a certain amount of countries can do it. Right, right. I'm like, oh, man. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a two-step process. It's mm-hmm. worth it because then it's, it just makes it that much more special. But it's just it's tough on you when you don't end up competing in the Olympics, even though you won Olympic trials. Right. Well, I like your attitude. So really specifically, what are you personally working on and trying to improve before the Olympics and the Olympic qualifiers? 
I guess it's still like from last year, like my mental game, like just knowing that I'm capable and that I'm strong enough, fast enough and good enough to be able to wrestle the best in the world and compete at my my best and my most capable and dominate everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's like a long time work. Cause of course, every day, everybody's in the practice room working on stuff. So like, of course you have your takedowns to your, your, your turns. Like that's essential, like always working on stuff like that. But most importantly for me, like what I'm definitely like been focusing on is like trusting in myself and in the process and going, Hey, you can do this. Relax. Like you're capable. Like that's been like first and foremost. It's so interesting that you've been really open about that part of training because it is such an essential aspect to competing at your level. It, it is. And a lot of people kind of let that fall by the wayside and don't even like mention like, oh yeah, like the mental side of it is actually just as important as the physical side. And I neglected that when I was younger and I'm not doing that anymore. And I want to be open about it and tell people that it is important. That way they don't have to figure it out when they're 25 years old. So yeah, I I don't want anybody struggling like me. I only want our sport to grow. Right. (laughs) One of the things that I think is interesting about mental training is that, you know, like it's really easy for us to sit here and say, I'm going to improve my mental training. But, you know, like, do you have a visualization of what you want to feel like when you walk out onto that mat? Yes. So like what I do is I I visualize like, well, I don't really visualize like, okay, I'm going to go double leg turn or not double leg, like double leg uh, to a gut. Like what I do is I go, all right, you're not going to force things. You're just going to let it happen. You're going to fake her out and get to your setups to your takedowns. And I have many takedowns. So it's good for me not to be picky because when I'm picky, I get stuck on dumb or stuck or stupid. And I go, oh, man, my one single leg isn't working. Why isn't it working? Whereas if I'm more fluid and open about it, I'm like, all right, there's there's like four takedowns you can do to me. Just set it up and let it flow. And you can see what happens. Just make sure you stay on her and stay aggressive. And like, that's what I practice on my mental game. Like I, I keep an open mind because mm-hmm. I want to be flexible and not just stubborn when I get into a match because sometimes things don't go your way and you have to be prepared for that. And sometimes things do go your way. So um, that's that's what I practice a, a, a whole lot. And can you be specific about how you are working to improve your mental training? Like, are you doing visualizations where you lie in bed and sort of stare at the ceiling and visualize? No. So it's almost like a daily thing where I just like throughout the day, I'm thinking about it. Throughout the day, before practice, after practice, I'm thinking like, all right, Tamara, you're going to go in there, you're about to go live, and what you're going to do is you're going to go in here and you're going to try to dominate them. What you're going to do is you're going to try to move them first. You know that she knows that your single is coming to your right or left side, so you have to move her first. Like, you know, you can do it. It's like the self-talk. Like, it's it's not just like, oh, set time aside and then just work on it. It's like literally constantly just like the self-talk, like making it almost like a prayer, like like you're talking to God and just talking to yourself just like all the time. And like, we also come in on Tuesday mornings and do team sports psych with Karen. She like helps us with visualizations as well. And just like putting us into that mind frame of, hey, before practice, like know what you want, know where you want to get, be where you want to be. And it's a daily thing that happens like throughout the day. So like, I don't, I don't like set time aside specifically. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like it's almost like okay if i'm going to the restroom okay i think about it if i'm playing my video games and like the screen is loading i'm going 
hey, Tamara, you know you're great, right? You know, like just like <laughs> self-talk, like just That's like great. the self-positive. Because I know I, I feel like I won't be able to keep to that schedule if I go, all right, at this time at 4.45, you're going to do your self-talk. Some people are great with schedules. I'm not. I got too much going on. <laughs> <laughs> on another podcast, I heard you say your new attitude is to show no mercy. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. Yeah. So this goes along with that self-talk that I'm telling you about that I do constantly. Like going like, all right, new attitude is show no mercy. And what I mean by that is when I'm on the mat, sometimes I'm a little nice and I put them almost like not on a pedestal, but I kind of go like, it might they might do a single leg on me. They might know that my single leg is coming inside. So I need to be careful. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. Just go out there and wrestle, Tamara. Like, regardless of what happens, you're going to go out there and you're going to beat their butt. Why? Because they don't deserve to be on the mat with you. Don't let them stay on the mat with you longer than three minutes, longer than two minutes. Like, go out there and just dominate. Showcase what God has given you. Shine your light. It's going to be okay. They're not going to get their feelings hurt. If anything, they're going to be grateful that they were even able to wrestle with you. So, like, I have to go out there and go, it is okay, Tamara. Like, <laughs> like it is okay. Be aggressive. Like, you are a very strong specimen, so show it. And, like, that goes into my show no mercy. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you mentioned, like, sometimes you were too nice with learning to win and being okay with dominating something that you had to sort of become yeah. okay with. Yes, because I felt bad. That's why I had to go to show no mercy. Because I'd be like, it's so mean to just go out there and dominate people. But if you're capable of doing it, do it. Like don't don't just like leave, don't just like leave the mat with no regrets. Because if you, I don't know if you saw my match in Italy uh, yes. this past. Yeah, so that was me showing mercy. Mm. And that entire tournament, I was just kind of like going through the motions and kind of showing mercy, just like letting them hang with me and giving them like a little confidence. And then in the finals, it didn't fly. I, sh I showed mercy and she took advantage of that. And I was being nice because I'm like, man, it, it was it was ridiculous, Elizabeth. So <laughs> that right there, me showing mercy was uh, was almost like the, the end all be all to, I guess, me, yeah, me showing mercy. So like what, what I'm doing now is I'm just going, you know what? It's okay to not be nice to me because off the mat, you can be as nice as you want. It is absolutely okay. But on the mat, be aggressive. Like, be dominant. It is okay to be dominant. And as a female, you know, a lot of people look at us and go, oh, you're, you're too mean or you're a sweetheart. No way you're a wrestler. And then, like, when I go out there and I show them that I am a wrestler and I can get that aggressive, it's almost nice that I can, like, flip a switch, like, go Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. So I kind of just, like, take it with pride almost and go, yeah, that's right. I can do that switch because I'm capable. I'm a beast and a beauty. <laughs> Sorry about my tangent, but yeah, yeah, basically, no, that... long story long. Yeah, that's good. Was that the moment, that Italian match, was that the moment when you started, you know, like, you made that switch? Do you remember when you made that switch? No. So actually, no, I did this all last year. Like last year I was like shown no mercy and my record was flawless. I went out there and dominated everybody, but then I took a step back and I kind of forgot who I was. And I, you know, took a step back from that beast mode, beauty girl. And when I was wrestling China in the finals in Italy, that 
reminded me of what I needed to do and how I was last year when I won world championships. I went, oh, yeah, Tamara, you're a boss, A, B. Go out there and dominate some more. So that triggered me to remember what I already had done last year. Cool. Yeah, because I already knew what to do, but, you know, sometimes you kind of just forget it. Yeah, because it becomes habitual and then you forget that you had worked on it. Yep, yep. And then <laughs> and you get reminded. So when I got humbled, that's when I remembered. And I was like, oh, thanks for humbling me. Right. I'm going to go kick butt next time. <laughs> Very good. Well, you live in Colorado Springs and you train at the Olympic Training Center. Can you give us a sense of what it's like to train? Maybe run through some days. So, like, I'll run you through yesterday. So, like, yesterday, like, woke up, went to practice, and we did individual, and then we did parterre, we did parterre live. And that was after, like, two weeks of just going hard. Like, what I mean, like, hard in the paint, I mean, like, live every day, practically. Well, not every day, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. So, Friday, like, we had ended up going parterre live, because that's something that we kind of neglect going parterre live and um what is that oh parterre oh groundwork so you know like when they get the turns and like they're, they're exposing people for two and they're like leg lacing them like which is like grabbing both their legs and like turning them or like when they're like trying to get them to their back that's parterre got it and so instead of still going from our feet to the ground we just started from the ground and it's a it's a different kind of monster because you don't have to work on getting them to the ground, but now that they're on the ground, they know that you're coming and it's like a lot harder to fight against them because they've got time to defend. Whereas if you're coming from a feet to ground, you can automatically go into like a turn within like a few seconds. Like just starting on parterre is a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. It's definitely good for us because if we can start on parterre and get a turn, that means we can go from feet the ground and really get a turn right but yeah so like yesterday we did that and fun fact adeline actually had a few of us volunteer and be at practice an hour early to help the water polo team and they're like two-time olympic champs so like she actually like brought them into the room and had us help them with their hand fighting oh, they, wow. they pretty much fight in the water yeah so i had an early day friday so like on top of my training Sometimes I help other people try to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, coming together at the training center, it's kind of cool because like we all have a common goal. And we all just want to help each other. And Adeline definitely made that possible. Yeah. And I loved helping them. And like just seeing like their entire team together that morning trying to like work for like the same common goal because like they're in a team sport was like super cool. So help them with practice. Then I helped myself with practice. <laughs> and Adeline helped me with some groundwork too. Did that live, and then after practice, I helped a boxing girl who is like a two-time world champion work on her feet and try to get out of tie-ups as well. There's a lot of helping going around in Elizabeth. That's awesome. Yeah, servant leadership is definitely what makes you better, yeah. in my opinion. Like I like having a heart of service you because it, it helps me as well. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of helping. And um, I pretty much get my nutrition. So I go to lunch and get my meal replacement smoothie. I'm not really hungry after the first practice. So every day I have a, a smoothie at lunch and it definitely helps maintain my my weight. I'm pretty much like only two and a half kilos over my weight all the time, which is no more than six pounds. Mm -hmm. I go home, I relax, 
go to my husband and my two dogs. And then next practice is the lift. And this is Friday. So we did our lift and it was really light because they took it easy on us because we had uh, so much going on and we were all complaining that our bodies were hurting. So it was like a 30-minute lift, something real quick, just front squats. And yeah, that was pretty much the whole workout day. And then I drugged the girls over to my place to do some karaoke and we sang for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So again, uh, just trying to like make sure everybody's having fun because I remember last year when I won world championships, not only was I working really hard, but I was also just having fun doing what I love. And it was so helpful when I was at world championship to Maya. I just kept like Maya, she's from Colorado. So she like, she lives here and everything. But um, like Maya was just always like keeping my spirits up, making sure that I was dancing and was singing like I usually do. And I think that's one of the reasons why I won the world championship because she made sure that I stayed in my spirit. And so, like, I just want to, like, constantly, like, give back to them and just make sure that they're always having fun. So that's pretty much my day Cool for Friday. Yeah. When I was looking into what you were doing to prepare for this, it is clear that you have such a great group of people who are training there. I mean, it seems like that's a really important part. I mean, it's an individual sport, but they are your teammates. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, right now there's five of us in this spot. Like we're getting our nails done together. Right. Just like we're not just murdering each other on the mat. Like we're also like loving on each other off the mat. I mean, it must be nice. I mean, you all know what the other one wants to get and are working hard together. I like that. It's good. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, It's fantastic. You pretty recently moved to the training center. What led to that decision and you know, like what has been great about that other than obviously what we just talked about having all those teammates there? Oh, so I actually moved here about three years ago and I graduated from Wayland Baptist and like it was great. But, you know, once I graduated, I needed to move to where it was training partners that could really push me. And here at the training center, like there was a lot of girls that were here that could push me. And so like, I made that move up. My husband told me like, hey, if you want to be the best, you need to go train the best. So I was like, all right, there I go. And so I, <laughs> I came to the training center. It's a really special place. It really is because like not only the training partners are good, but also like just the, the nutrition that you get, the recovery that's available to you, the, not the acclimation, like where you're trying to acclimate to the mountains, mm-hmm. like the, um, altitude. This, like the fact that so, yeah, the altitude. Yeah, I was like, it's not sea level. What's the other one? What's opposite of sea level? Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, the altitude. The altitude's great too, because I feel like when I'm able to like go back to Texas or go somewhere else, I'm like a monster. Like my my tank is just like incredible, and my oh, tank's cool. already fantastic. So it's it's great training here, and I love it. And like the coaches are great too. The team is great. Like it's. It's nice. Like, it's not college. So, like, we're not always partying. But, like, <laughs> always, like you know, we're, we're done with that. I'm 27 years old. Right. <laughs> but we do, like, all, like, love to go dancing. So, like, we, like, go dancing and, like, just have fun with each other. Because, like, these are the best years of our life, practically. Like, this is going to be, like, over with in a blink. Mm-hmm. So, we're trying to, like, enjoy it. Right. It's, it's, it's great training here. I love it, Elizabeth. I love it. Do you have a sense of what makes you a good wrestler? What makes you a particularly good wrestler? My animal instincts. I'm half African. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. My coaches always say that they've never coached anybody as athletic as me. Like they can't coach what I have. Wow. Like, really? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yep, it's the animal instinct. It's just what I have is that God gift. I like that you mentioned again, the coaches, because you've always said that your coaches are so important to you. Oh, yes, they are. They 100% are. What's the good relationship, working relationship that you have with your coach? Why is it working so well? I communicate with them more than anything. That also ties into like how I work on my mental toughness is by talking to my coaches because they're going to be the ones in the corner with me and they are the ones that train with me every single day. And so it's like a friend or like a husband, like someone who's always there seeing you through your ups and downs. And that's super important because they know you almost better than anybody else. Like mm -hmm. they, they see me more than my mom. Right. <laughs> like I, I have to talk to them every single day. For me, it's important that I have a good relationship with them is because I, I have to trust the process. Like they tell me to go and do like run sprints after practice. And instead of like having a spirit of questioning them and going, why, what do you mean? I go, okay, you know what? I trust you because we talk a lot. You know how I'm feeling. You know, I need this. You know, this is going to be good for me. I'm going to trust you. And it'll translate onto the mat when I'm on that championship finals match and my coach is yelling, take your shot. You can do it. And rather than having, again, that question spirit, I go, you know what? I know that you believe in me and I trust that you're telling me the right thing. So I'm going to go in there because I believe that you see something that I don't. And like, I swear that it, it translates so well and like it, it definitely helps and it helps me. Yeah. It helps me be a better wrestler. Just having that really great relationship with them. And I tell them things that are going on in my life. Like, yeah, you know, me and my husband got into an argument, so I'm a little down. And they're like, hey, I'll leave that outside. Like, come into the mat room. This is your escape. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And when I leave, I'm like, ooh, I feel better now. Ooh, and I go back home, and I'm like, I love you, baby. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be like, carry on with another day. Right. But, like, they have to know, like, what's going on in my life, too. Because if, I, if I'm crying all the time or, like, they see, like, I'm going bulimic or, like, I've lost a ton of weight or gained a bunch of weight, they'll be like, what the heck? Is, what's, what's going on? Talk to me communication to me is like one of the best things about a relationship any relationship like no matter what's going on mm -hmm. it was great to see i don't know there was something really nice about how you and your coaches were interacting both during the competition of these last world championships but also afterwards when you were trying to get them up on the mat to celebrate oh because they were such a huge part like they talked to me before every single match i was scared i was like terry i don't know if i can do this can i do this and they're like absolutely you can do this you're gonna dominate her you were gonna blow them out the water and i was like yeah you're right and when i won i was like please come up here with me please share this occasion with me and they're like nope this is all you I'm like please share this with me <laughs> So like, it's, it's a great relationship. Yeah, that's good. I sometimes think myself, you know, like, why do I need that external person to say you can do it? But it is so important. Oh, it really is. Just knowing that somebody other than yourself is saying that you can do it only amplifies the confidence in you. And you know, like, it really helps me. And some people need that. Some right. people can do it themselves. We sort of talked about this earlier, but for you, how does the sport of wrestling relate to fighting or to combat or aggression? I mean, I'm just wondering, like, there's a difference between sport of wrestling and going out on the street and fighting somebody. So when you get on the mat and you're, you know, wrestling as the sport, do you feel like you're going into battle? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So honestly, I do like, even though it's not a street fight where like, yeah, someone's going to try to bang my head onto the concrete curb or whatnot. Like, because honestly, like, I feel like I've, I've seen that happen. It's still a battle because like, it's not like football where you have like an entire line of men behind you and you're going out there to face another person. It's like boss versus boss. So like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I am going into battle because this other person is essentially trying to put me into submission mm-hmm. and like just basically take power away from me by making me look like a punk, essentially. That's that's how I feel like I, I can best like describe it. Right. They're trying to show like, yeah, that's right. I'm the best in the world. I just beat that person. That's right. Nobody can stop me. And that's really like a battle. It's like a war. Like, you, you want to go out there and you want to dominate people and it's not a fight. I can trust that the refs are going to stop a match and say, hey, that's unnecessary. You don't need to be stabbing people in the eye. Hey, that's unnecessary. Don't be biting people. Don't be scratching people. Don't be pulling hair. Like, that's unnecessary. Does that happen? But yes. yes oh, it my has. goodness. Yes, it has. <laughs> I've never been bitten, but I've been scratched and my hair has been pulled deliberately wow. countless times. Deliberately. Wow. And that's when I used to not think that it was a fight. I used to go, oh, yeah, we're all going to wrestle. We're going to play fair. And sometimes that's not the case. And so I have to have that mentality like, oh, no, this is a battle. She's going to try to punk me. She's going to try to pull my hair and scratch me. I'm going to come out of here feeling pain. So I might as well put the pain on you first. But it, it took me a while to get there, Elizabeth. I think it's but, yeah, hard to it, get it, there. It is. It, it really, well, some people, it's not. Hmm. Some people like put on like a really mean face and they're like, yeah, I'm ready for battle. Other people like me, I'm like, Tamara, don't smile. It's time for battle. You are about to go and fight. And they are trying to make you look like punk. So please go out there and wrestle. <laughs> so some people it's easier to flip the switch. Other people it isn't. And I've gotten I've gotten a lot better. Do you think you're going to be able to take that attitude, you know, off the mat, but when you're dealing with some business situation where somebody's trying to punk you? absolutely wrestling like if you look at some of like the most powerful people in the world they have wrestling in their background for instance like andy bart like he is somebody that sponsors titan mercury and he has wrestling in his background like he wasn't extremely successful like he went to an ivy league school and he wrestled for them but he wasn't like on the world stage but he still had wrestling in his background and now this man is able to support a system that works nationally and people are trying to come in and like get it internationally but like he's able to support like over a hundred athletes and pay for our travel, pay for our trips, pay for our hotels and give us stipends on top of that. And that man has wrestling in his background. And mm. I believe it's because wrestling has allowed him to be aggressive and go, hey, you know what? Wrestling has been the hardest thing in my life. Everything else that comes at me in life, I can take because I'm a wrestler. And I know there's a few presidents that also were wrestlers. And I feel like they were able to translate that wrestling mentality into their lives. And I absolutely feel like I can do that. I do it now in my life where I'm just like, mm, nope, I don't know. That's not going to fly. I'm going to be nice. But if you try to punk me, I, I will go off. Just let you know what's up. Right. And that's because I've learned to like almost stand up for myself in wrestling. Like, you're not just going to let somebody take you down. You're going to fight for every point. And it's the same thing in life. You're going to fight for every situation that you have and wrestling has taught me to do that. It was interesting preparing to talk to you, you know, just reading about how you're really aware of the changes that you've made over the past several years, you know, both mentally, but also physically. Have you always been so aware of sort of how you work athletically and how your mind is related to your body? You know, what are some of the big areas of growth that you've made? 
So, no, I haven't always been aware of, like, how my body works. Like, I've been aware that, yeah, I was strong, but I didn't really believe that I was, like, capable. Like, I mean, I believe that I was capable, but I didn't know, like, how capable. I'd go in and go, yeah, I think I can do that. I think I can. Yeah, I think I can. I'll try. Yeah, yeah, I think I can. But now I'm like, oh, I know I can do that. And it's because, like, I've developed that, I guess, sense of confidence over the years. And it's helped me. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know when I became aware of it. I guess I became aware of it, like, a few years ago. Like, people just always tell me, like, oh, Tamara, you are... Like, like I told you, like, I've never coached somebody as athletic as you. You are something that cannot be coached. Like, it's hard to find people like you. And I'd always go, what do you mean? And then when I finally, like, started watching my video a few years ago, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, did I do How did I jump over that girl? She had my leg. How did I do that? I'm like, wow, I'm really, I'm really cool. I'm really strong. That's kind of cool. That's fun. You're very quick. Yeah. It, it took me a minute to figure that out. Yeah, I had to learn that. And I didn't know how quick I was. I was a track and field and I was a sprinter. So like I knew that that translated, but actually seeing myself on the mat when I go from one side of their body to the next, that was phenomenal when I first saw that actually like on the screen. Yeah, that's when I knew that I could, I guess, yeah, be confident in who I was and just learn to take that. What are your goals long-term? Long-term, I want to buy a house and become a coach at a D1 college for a women's team and have babies in the room while I'm coaching. Nice. Why do you want to be a coach? And why women? So first I wanted to be a physical therapist a little bit because Uh I wanted to be in the athletes' lives and just kind of try to talk to them and let them know that they are capable of doing anything that they want and this is the reason why I wanted to be a physical therapist and like make sure like they stay healthy and stay right with their body. And then I thought about it and I was like, being a physical therapist, I'm going to get them after they're hurt and trying to build them up. And then I have the energy to do that. I want to get them before they are hurt. So being a coach, I'll actually be able to interact with them every single day and influence them way more than what a physical therapist would do. And though a physical therapist might make more money, I really don't care. It's a lot more schooling it, and I'm just not down for school as well. So like being a coach, I feel like it'd just be so, so much more beneficial for them and for me because I know my coaches make a huge impact in my life. I just want to be that person in somebody's life. And I also want to be a women's coach because a lot of these females don't have a lot of good influences in their life when it comes to women leadership. And I definitely want to be in their lives and go, hey, you have some bad influences in your life when it comes to women in media, at least. But, you know, I'm standing right here and we're both in the same sport. You can look at my past accomplishments and look at how I am right now, humble, but successful. And you can try to let me be your teacher and I can help you become a woman of God and, you know, just have a servant mindset and just be great in who you are and just help shine your light and just pass that on. And that's why I want to be a women's coach as well. I thought immediately about you being a coach when you were talking about, you know, having that fighting mentality on the mat and being comfortable yeah. with dominating. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yep. Mean, we don't have that many great role models who are doing that no. as women. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. I mean, there's some in other sports, but when it comes to wrestling, like 
you know, like, it's really cool, like, when a little girl is trying to grow up and she sees that her role model is doing exactly what she does. Because one of my role models growing up was Venus and Serena Williams, mm-hmm. and it was cool, but I tried to do the sport. I'm like, man, I can't do this sport. But when I got into the, like, I, I, I tried. I don't know what happened. Like, we didn't, we stopped going to lessons. <laughs> But when it came to track, I was like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do this. And when it came to wrestling, I was like, oh, my gosh, this this is amazing. Like, and who are the influences in my life? Randy Miller, Elena Periskova, Caroline Gray. I'm like looking at these women and going, I want to be like you guys. And it was cool because it was relatable. And like there were influences in my life. And I want to be influences in a little girl's life as well. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to show them that, oh, you can have that confidence on the mat and off the mat. You can be dominant on the mat and still be an elegant female off the mat. I just want to I want to teach women like you can you can do that or teach little girls. You can do that. Right. You sort of talked about this, but, you know, why do you think that wrestling is good for girls and why would you recommend it over some other sport? So. I mentioned earlier that I was in track and field yeah. and like I, I loved it and I, I had um, a few good friends in there, but I was also bullied and like, I didn't really know who I was as a female mm-hmm. and like I didn't know like what kind of girl I wanted to be. Like, oh, I'm going to be a butch girl or I'm going to be a punk girl or a girly girl. I didn't really know and I decided to be a punk girl and all the girls like would make fun of me mm-hmm. and like it was just dreadful and I got made fun of often and I got cursed at often and was kind of like messed up i didn't know i was being bullied and when i joined wrestling it was like being welcomed into like a sisterhood and a brotherhood like they just loved on me whereas in track i only had a few people do that and wrestling it was like only a few people weren't loving and it was like only one person the ratio of love was just vastly different I was welcomed to a sisterhood and just loved on, and I always had a family there. And when my dad had died, when I was in high school, the wrestling team like pulled behind me and loved on me. The track team didn't. And I'm not saying like every team is like that, but if I wasn't wrestling, I, I don't know where I would be. They just have that support system. They just loved on us. And it was amazing. And it built my confidence. So you know how like there's different weight classes. Every single weight, it's like there's small and then there's big. And in wrestling, especially in high school, it helps females be comfortable with their weight because like they have a weight class that's 190. They welcome girls that are like 103 to 190. Mm. Whereas other sports, it's like, oh, you have to be tall and skinny or you have to be light and fit. There's like standards. Wrestling, they're like, I'm one, come all. Like we don't care. We'll take whoever and we'll get you in shape and you'll still be like your size. Granted, they don't believe in like cutting an excessive amount of weight because I disagree with that. And that's like a thing that's misleading in our sport. Like people go, oh, yeah, but they're going to make you lose 30 pounds. I'm like, yeah, if you're like 200 pounds and you're a female, like, yeah, you have to lose that weight to get to 190. But if anything, it'll help you get in shape and better your future or better your body for your future. Mm-hmm. So it'll only help. It helped me be more cognizant of what I put in my body, like nutrition wise as well. It's like, you know, when you're in high school, you're like, oh, yeah, pizza, chicken, donuts, not chicken, chicken nuggets, <laughs> pizza, chicken, nuggets, donuts, you know, junk like that. Yeah. But when you're trying to wrestle good, you're like, ooh, I felt bad after eating those hot Cheetos after that match. I think I might get the bag of grapes instead since <laughs> it's a lot better. I feel like that's one of the reasons why it'll help a girl. Because it will bring her into a sisterhood that's loving or a brotherhood that's loving. And it will help her be more comfortable with her body and who she 
is because like, it doesn't matter who they are as a female. They're still going to be welcomed into a wrestling. And that's one of the things that I love about wrestling, especially now. Like wrestling has just been growing so much. And like there's been more schools that have been adding women's programs as well. So like it's going to be dang near hard for a girl to be turned away. And if a girl is turned away in a wrestling room, it's most likely going to make the news because everybody is creating their programs in high schools and in colleges as well. Mm-hmm. Long story short, yeah, I, I feel like it'll be a great thing for a, a girl, a young girl to join wrestling. It'll build her confidence, make her love herself, and just make her feel warm and welcome and always have a friend. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that you talk about accepting your body type. I still have this vision that an athlete is tall. And that's not yeah, true. I yeah. mean, there are plenty of athletes at uh, a high level that are not. I'm five five. Yeah. Yeah. And like if the girls next to me, like there's one girl who's like five three and she's like hundred and fifteen pounds. There's another girl next to me who's five three and she's like hundred and thirty. Like we're all different. Right. That's very cool. And we're still athletic as all get out. Right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, to move on outside of your wrestling life, what's your non wrestling life like? I've seen your dogs, they're very adorable. Yeah, thank you still potty training one of them <laughs> so i'm married and i have two dogs and they're a lot of work and a lot of fun and they are my sanctuary like 100 they're my sanctuary like i just want to chill and relax with them it's really nice i just moved into a house so like we have more space to just love on each other and love on the dogs and let the dogs run around my husband's like super supportive like he was a wrestler as well so he knows exactly what i'm going through so he's just always like, hey, Tamara, keep a humble spirit, mindset, do your best and keep learning. I'm like, thanks a lot. Thanks for understanding what I'm going through, too. You're so awesome. <laughs> I'm like extremely lucky to just have him. And like right now, he's actually going back to school online. He's in a few classes at church and at, at Wayland. So like he's like just taking a few classes just so he can better himself, too, because I've made him move around a whole lot. So he hasn't really focused on himself, but. He tries to here and there because he's mostly been focusing on what I need. So like every year we like move and it was kind of bad, but we're figuring out. But he's been so flexible just working with me. And I like, oh, I just, I appreciate it greatly. So that's home. You're such a strong personality and you're winning and you might go to the Olympics and you're the world champion. How does your husband deal with that? How do you as a couple deal with that relationship? I mean, he tells me, go get it, girl. That's good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, he, he has nothing but confidence in me. Like, he's like, you can absolutely do it. And I was talking to him about, like, that coronavirus. And he's like, nope, don't even think about that. You're going to the Olympics. I'm like, yeah, but he's like, nah, don't even think about that. Right. You're going to the Olympics. <laughs> so, like, he has nothing but confidence in me. And that's pretty much how it translates. Like, it's like he he's not a naysayer. If I did something dumb in a match, he's like, to me. Man, baby, I'll be your coach. I got too many of those. I just want you to know I was watching, and that wasn't you. I'm like, I know it wasn't. So, like, he he's he's nothing but supportive, and I greatly appreciate that. And he sees me every single day. Like, my mom is supportive from a distance. My twin is supportive from a distance. My aunt is supportive from a distance. With my other family, like, we stay in a group chat, and we're constantly just, like, texting each other back and forth. Like, hey, those tickets. Hey, when's the next competition? Like, just, like, <laughs> just harassing each other in group chats. But my husband's, like, with me every single day, and he sees, like, if I'm down, crying, whatever, asks if I need a massage whatever and like he's he's really great and then my dogs they want nothing but love (laughs) 
they're like that the cute breed where they're like they're high maintenance so they always need to be brushed and groomed and whatnot and it's perfect because i like sit on the toilet do my business and like one of them hops on my lap and i just start <laughs> brushing them like yeah always grooming them that's good <laughs> oh so, yeah it is great it's great so yeah that's like a little bit of my home life yeah. and i play video games on the side to ease my mind and to get it off of wrestling I love video games. That's like what I do. Like that is my pastime Mm -hmm. and watching movies and watching anime, but mostly video games. (laughs) I've never been a video game person, even when I was a kid. Some people aren't. Yeah. I think you know what it is. I have a very addictive personality, so it frightens me that like it could get out of control. Yeah, Yeah, no, it could. Elizabeth, I threw the controller one time. (laughs) It it can't get out of control. I'm that competitive. I went on the mat and I still want to win everywhere else in life. Right, right. I need to chill out. I understand. Yeah. Well, I imagine that you've been doing a lot of conversations with people who want to find out more about you. Is there anything that you wish people asked you about that they don't and I have not asked you about? I mean, not entirely. I don't want to take it to a macabre turn, so I'll keep it light. I just know that some people wonder why I'm so happy and I have this light spirit about me and behind like the biggest smiles are like the biggest sorrows and I lost my dad my second year of wrestling I lost my dog after that and then my grandpa and then my uncle and then my best friend and then uh, one of my teammates in college who committed suicide so I've had a lot of death and sorrow around me and like always just trying to keep my spirits up like I have to turn to God and um, you know a lot of times I turned away from him as well because it was just so detrimental to my mind like will I wrestle every single one of those those people that died in my life, I was like, holy crow, Tamara, they would not want you to quit. So like, keep going. And life like brings a lot of stuff at you, regardless if it's death. Like that's just like a big thing in my life. That's part of my life. And like something that I just want people to take away from this is, okay, so she's had hardships in her life. She hasn't had it easy. Like when I was younger, our lights were off, the water was off, and we had to like find a way to like do stuff. Things weren't easy in my life, but my mom always tried to make sure that we were taken care of. My dad was always at all my tournaments and always screaming. He was the loudest ones in the wrestling room. He'd just be saying, kill them, kill them, make them pain. I'm like, daddy, calm down. I'm not trying to kill them. But now I'm like, kill the kid's mentality. <laughs> so I know, like, I turned it to my dad. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's also great. So he was like a huge role model in my life. So that's something that some people don't know. Yeah. Or maybe they do. It sounds like he was really important to your getting started in wrestling. Oh, he was. He was. I talked to him. I talked to him like every single day, probably like five times a day, just telling him about like little things that happened in my life. Just, you know, just almost like he was like right there in the room with me. But he was he lived in Louisiana. Um, my parents separated when I was younger. Yeah, he, he was a huge part of it, like always there at tournaments. And like it was it was great. Mm-hmm. I definitely miss him. And um, I actually have a picture of him on my wall in the dining room so everybody can see it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. One of the things that I was left with after getting prepared for this talk was that you do seem so cheerful, but, you know, you're not ignoring reality. I mean, it just felt like that to me. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I just want to say one of my friends actually just told me, um, she quoted the Bible to me today. I don't remember what verse, but she said, be as shrewd as vipers and as innocent as doves. Yes. She just told me that like while we were in the nail salon today, like an hour or two ago. And I was like, 
that's absolutely amazing. Like that's what that's what you just said that I kind of am. Like I'm not, I don't ignore reality, but I still have a light heart and and be loving. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like she said, like be as shrewd as vipers, but as innocent as doves. And I thought that that was perfect. So that's what I try to do. And without even realizing, that's what I was doing. But now I actually have words to the actions. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for your time. Talk to you soon. Hey, yeah. talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. And that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. Find out more about Tamira in the show notes at hearhersports.com. I've also included videos to some of her matches, which are very fun to watch. Join us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at hearhersports. I love to hear from you. Send an email to elizabeth at hearhersports.com or leave a message at 725-BE-BADASS, 725-222-3277. Our design is by Agnes Studio and music by the band Goldbinds. Wishing you all really great health. Till next time, bye-bye. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.